maybe this will be the episode. Maybe this will be the episode where there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe this will be the episode where the MCU starts making sense. Maybe this will be the episode where we're like, okay, like... Did you see us the first star last night and make a wish? Is that what you, is that what you're alluding to? Because I don't see that happening anytime soon. It is it is my it is my ever existent wish. Loki like, had the I opportunity to reset everything and it didn't. So well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, didn't reset. We'll, we'll get into that. It didn't reset everything from a from a from a canon timeline perspective but it may have reset everything from a story plans moving forward perspective so we'll we'll dive into that in in this episode for sure but hello and welcome to the movie men podcast zabitim my name's brady and i am kyle and we're super stoked to be back talking to you guys about some more movie news there are some interesting topics this week that we're going to cover. Uh, but before we dive into that, <clears throat> Carl knows more about the world. I know more about what's going on in the world of movies than Carl does. Carl knows more about what's going on in the world as a whole. So I read things that aren't just tabloid news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't read tabloids. <laughs> I mean, do you know it's, how many they're times they're kind of tabloid? Like, I mean, it's not tabloid is in like vanity like, fair is a tabloid. Fair. I, <laughs> I mean, it's I, I'm using the term very loosely in that it's the Wall Street Journal is a tabloid. It's Listen, Hollywood related. <laughs> I have spent so much time on this okay. show. I'll, I'll retract on. the term tabloid and okay. insert the term Hollywood. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I've spent news. I've spent so much time on this show shitting on tabloid websites <laughs> and like <laughs> you know explaining why they're wrong. <laughs> they're garbage and you shouldn't you know you shouldn't be so just yeah yeah watch it watch it all right uh, Carl take things away what are right. my three choices this yes week? I do have three choices for you again and these are fun ones this week I think all three of these are are kind of fun bangers and have some interesting uh real world applications so difficult to choose is what you're saying potentially um, great uh um i'm okay so the first one i don't know how to like fun word it so i'm just gonna kind of like say what it is david attenborough narrating your life oh gosh oh gosh space vikings and, okay. and um, cure for male, male pattern baldness, question mark. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I think I'm going to immediately rule out the Space Vikings one. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's kind of fun. <clears throat> male pattern baldness. I mean, I. that's not an issue that I'm dealing with currently. Um, <laughs> but it's, but it's a thought that, that, uh, that crosses every guy's mind at some point in his, 
you know, like early life, like in his late teens, early 20s, you look around, you see all these bald people, you see these people who are going bald, like in their 20s, and you go, oh, God, I hope not. Right? Not that there's anything. And you know what? Some people pull it off incredibly. Right? Mm-hmm. When you think about the fact that people <laughs> like. Some pull it off horribly. <laughs> you, right. But when you think about the fact that, like, if, if Vin Diesel were to grow his hair out, he's just got, like, no hair on top. <laughs> and just, like, he's whatever that, whatever that looks called, right? Where you've got yeah. it on the sides and the back. So you just um, shave it and clean. Yeah. And he, and, and he rocks it. Um, you know, my uncle has always had, has never shaved his head. Um, but has that like no hair on top or in the front look, um, and it like works. Band of hair around the side yeah. of his head, and 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 it works. Like I, I you know, he's got that. He's got the mustache, and it kind of all goes together real well. And it, it's just like I couldn't picture him any other way. Uh, but oh God, please not me. Um, <laughs> but uh, David Attenborough and narrating your life. Uh, I mean, okay, I'm going to go with the David Attenborough thing only because, yeah. only because, A, I know that it's going to cost a fortune and it's something, I, even though I would want, I would never, well, actually, I don't even know. I, I don't know if I want Sir Attenborough handed the script of my life, but um, it, it, it's something I would never be able to afford, but oh my gosh, it sounds cool. Um, and, but I am also really curious in this, this male pattern baldness thing. Uh, but I know that you give me a brief, so I'm kind of cheating because I know you're going to give me a brief little rundown yeah. of all of them anyway. So I'm yeah. choosing, I'm choosing Sir David Attenborough because uh, how can you not, right? It seems like God himself chose Sir David Attenborough. So <laughs> I must also. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with space Vikings. Uh, Norway is um is starting a space program a commercial the uh the commercial uh space program so it's not like a government run thing there's a some rich dude in norway right. it's like the elon musk thing yeah but here i'm going to i'm going to send you the link to this article and the picture of the the launch pad and where it is and it's just like yep yeah, that seems like a norwegian space program <laughs> that's that's where the bifrost would it, land it's very very sparse there's like this nice beautiful mountain range in the, and it just really looks like a pier out on this nice lake <laughs> you have to wonder i've always wondered like when it comes to the elon musk thing and then now this what like surely there's like i don't know like Nobody owns space, right? Like space is like international international waters, right? Yeah. It's just kind of it's just it's the old west. Yeah. But I wonder, like, so, so there's because of that, there's like there must be limited regulating that you can do, but there must be some kind of regulations in place, right? Like it's it's bizarre to me. It's a weird transition that for years and years and years and years and years, the only space travel that was being done was done by the government, right? You had NASA, you had um, whoever, the, the the Russian program, you had all these other world governments. Yeah, it was usually government-led. Yeah. And uh, so now that we're in this era where like, 
there's privatized space travel and privatized space mm. exploration. It's just kind of this like, yeah, and it's privatized, but there's also like government incentives and um, funding poured into the these private. So like SpaceX is a privately owned space organization right yeah right and like they recently just did a test flight for their um uh, what do they call it again not uh their starship they're calling it yeah. starship right this massive thing that's going to be able to ferry tons of equipment and people and stuff to space to then eventually hopefully take them to like mars and beyond which if you've um, ever had any doubt that elon musk is just a total nerd <laughs> naming yeah. his thing so like, starship yeah so like and like they just had a successful test flight like in the last this last week i think it was um i was reading up on it a little bit today anyway um that now spacex gets has like i think it's like 20 billion dollars in nasa funding because right. they have a partnership with nasa to take stuff to space for them Right. And also right. probably, hey, we'll give you some money, but you have to promise that anything you learn or discover. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're going to share you, with you, us. You, you do stuff for us. You share with us some of the technology that you built so we can improve our own tech. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. So this Norwegian thing is just like another billionaire doing the space program thing. But yeah. And, and it, it does kind of make a lot of sense that, uh, space travel is becoming privatized right because there's a lot of resources in space like there is a they had a, a they've we, we nasa i think it's nasa mostly nasa that i read about but i'm sure other russian and now indian and chinese and they have satellites out there that are scanning asteroids and stuff that are like super mineral like rare mineral rich right and very yeah. useful minerals, right? So getting to space is step one. And then figuring out how to mine and, and extract and use those resources is step two, right? So the whole thing just feels like it's one but, step closer to, like, to Star Wars. Like, it just feels Star, like it's one... Star Wars or Star Trek or, yeah. Yeah, like, just one... Well, no, we don't talk about Star Trek. But <laughs> it, we just... It, like feels, it, it feels like it's one step closer to... Yeah. Like, you know, being able yeah. to hop in the Falcon and just get off world. Just go. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. And it's really cool. Like, so it's, this is cool that Norway's got a, a homegrown space program. But I just love this picture of their quote unquote space launch platform and stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah. 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 I'm sure it's, it, yeah. It's just funny. To it's give great. you your little Star Trek then thing, I was I I thought of this a couple minutes ago and I wasn't gonna say it because I was like, nah, it's stupid. And it is still stupid, <clears throat> but I'll say it anyways. Man, for the for Elon Musk, his whole like starship thing, that's that's quite the enterprise. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, very good. Nice right? to did there. Right. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. All right. It, okay. it, it, All right. It, we, but we didn't choose this one, even though it seems no. like yeah. kind of we did. Let's rock on. Okay, All real right. quick. Uh, a uh, research group, uh, I don't know what, an institute, Rensselaer's 
Polytechnic Institute. Yeah. Scientists there have uh, figured out how to successfully 3D print hair oh follicles gosh. in the lab growing on human skin. Like, Which they've these- also figured out how to 3D print human skin, by the way. <laughs> so, like, and then and then the hair follicles will just take, and then it's yeah, just like yeah, you they have just real grow hair. naturally. So they're and they're not like so. When I think of 3D printing, because I'm a geek and I do like miniature war gaming and stuff, think I think of like and, resin and plastic. Yeah. But like, this is like bio 3D printing. It's like organic. Yeah, yeah, like like weird, food, but. Yeah. So See, this stuff. This stuff will only truly start interesting me once it's like because there's all kinds of crazy things that you can do, right? They'll like take hair out of your ass and put it in your head and yeah, like stuff like that. But it's all like if you've got a lot of money, yeah, right? Like these are when not it becomes a home procedure, then you're then you're in. <laughs> yeah. Then then yeah. you know what? Then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh. Now I can grow a mustache or, anyway, you know, whatever if, it is. If you've got hair loss, you can look into that and be hopeful. Yeah. But you chose David Attenborough. Yes. Narrating your life. And mm-hmm. in this, you, you, you're suspecting that this is like expensive because he's actually going to do it or something by the sounds of it. Oh, this is AI. But no, no, no. This is AI. So this, this genius developer dude used AI to clone David Attenborough's voice. Right. I'm going to link this to you because on your own time later, you're going to have to watch the video because it is so cool. And then he linked the AI to his camera, which takes a picture of him every five seconds. And then David Attenborough, like, 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 like clockwork, quickly narrates the picture. And it is literally like, uh, a wilderness um, documentary thing, like it opens up. It opens up with David Attenborough being like, "This, this, um, uh, what's the, what's the scientific term for humans again?" Ah, uh, Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens. This Homo. Here we find a Homo sapien in his natural habitat, wearing silver rimmed glasses and f- a flock of red hair. <laughs> Don't. It's just, it's, it's so cool. And like, so as he's doing, like he holds up a cup and David Attenborough narrates how he's drink he's drinking from a cup and it's probably life sustaining H2O. And oh, it's so cool. Yeah. AI uh, is scary in some ways, but this is so cool. I am, <laughs> I am down for this as long as. This is just a personal project, and he doesn't make it available for others. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, it's it's probably a personal project. I can't imagine he would make it available for others because he'd be in a world of hurt lawsuit wise. Well, but the and, fact and that he's done yeah. it opens the door to other programs who could be like, "Oh, I can do that." Yeah, well, like, see, but I then bet that's- you Aaron Mater, friend of the show, could easily reproduce this program. I it, the part that the thing that starts getting me though is yeah just like you said like the 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 first word even in the headline is unauthorized right yes. and yeah. and we're gonna get Absolutely. into talking about that today when we talk about the fact that the writer strike has ended and the deals that have been made and the deals that haven't been made and and so on and so forth um, but yeah it's just kind of one of those like 
because it's David Attenborough, because it's an actual well-known person who you could pay to do this, it's just that slippery slope of yes. like I I agree. Now you're it doesn't make it any you know, less cool. <laughs> you've you've crossed a line, but yeah, but the tech is cool. The fact that it's possible is cool. Yeah, and so I'm all for this. You know, if this was if this exact thing was have your life narrated by an epic sounding generic voice, then absolutely make it available to the masses, sell it, make it, you know, and then there's still kind of this, well, are you putting actual voice actors out of work and stuff like that? But it's far less um, intrusive, far less like slimy, I guess, than being like, you know, yeah, because then you get into like it, because then there's no reason why someone couldn't be like, well, we were kind of really hoping to have David Attenborough narrate our our documentary, let's right? Just use and this then AI clone. Let's just use this AI clone, and then yeah. Anyways, but no, that is super cool. That is super cool. And and for the record, again, if I had the money and could get real life <laughs> David Attenborough, you know. Brady was born in a small town and the, you know, like, oh, be yeah. so good. Be so good. All right. Let's, uh, let's jump into our, our main topics for today. Now, we have said many, 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 many times on this show, what is the purpose of a trailer? Do you know, Carl? What is what is the purpose of a trailer? Uh, to inform and excite. To yes, to take whatever your choose. excitement level is for a project and bump it up, make you more excited in the project that's coming. So, keeping that in mind, the first trailer for Sony's Madam Web has dropped. Now, you would be forgiven if your response was. Wait, what? <laughs> because there hasn't been... Like, I've been very aware of this project. We've talked about this project a little bit on this show. Um, but it it's, it hasn't been sort of this widely talked about upcoming film. Uh, so I think a lot of people, when this trailer dropped, this was their first time hearing about it. And potentially... Well, not potentially, for many, many, many of those people, also their first time ever even hearing the name Madam Web, right? Like, it, it's not like, oh, there's a, a Spider-Man movie coming out that nobody knew about. This is a Madam Web film. And a lot of people are going to be going, who the hell is Madam Web? And you'd be forgiven, because Madam Web is not an A-list comic book character. Um, but I was excited for this. I was excited for it. Nonetheless, I have, I still have faith in what Sony's doing over there with the Venom verse, um, Morbius notwithstanding. Uh, I, I like the looks of the Craven trailer, even though, yes, they've sort of taken a lot of liberties with the character's origin and who the character is and stuff like that. I still think it looks sick. That's fine. I'm, I'm 100% okay with. Um, adapting characters and and presenting new iterations of them and so on and so forth. Um, so I was excited for this trailer. I'm excited for what they're doing. Um, I'm excited for any potential crossovers that could happen with the MCU in post-credit scenes. We've already seen that that's possible. 
we've seen Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock get sucked into the MCU and then almost immediately <laughs> spit back out again without them really doing anything with it. They did leave a little drop of the symbiote behind. I don't know if that'll ever turn into something or not. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of hope it does, but we'll just kind of see. Um, this trailer did not succeed for me and what a trailer is supposed to do. In fact, this trailer kind of had the 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 opposite effect. I was looking forward to this project. I am still looking forward to this project. I will watch it when it comes out. Absolutely. You and I will almost assuredly talk about this in in a review for it. But it just it kind of this trailer sort of drove home for me the concern that a lot of people who do who do know who Madam Web is had about this project coming up, which was why Madam Web? Like of all the characters that you could do, <laughs> yeah. why Madam Web? And this trailer drives that home because listen, her name is Madam Web. The logo has spider webs in it. There's all this talk of like when my father was in the Amazon studying spiders and you know, and whatever else. But there's really, and we see what? Who do we see? I, do we see Black Cat pop? There's there's a couple of like cameo faces that pop up real quick. We yeah. do see a very MCU looking, um, like the the mechanical spider arms coming out of the back of a suit. We see her taking a picture of a spider web, but but there's no moment in this trailer where our hero is in particularly spider hero looking garb or really demonstrating any sort of spider related super abilities in the slightest. Um, but, but the trailer keeps sprinkling them in, right? It's like, Ooh, remind, like, don't forget, don't forget. This is, a, this is a Spider-Man adjacent film. Look, Look at the Spider-Man looking characters. Yeah. Look at look at look at look at the logo. Get excited because it's kind of like Spider-Man, but not. <laughs> but, but 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 really, it isn't, right? It's kind of like we're doing the the May Parker film, is <laughs> right? Like I don't know. I just I watched this trailer and my excitement went from oh my gosh, the trailer is finally here to what the hell? It what the hell is this? Yeah. What the hell is this? So it took my excitement level and actually dropped it down a little bit. Carl, you watched the trailer. Um, it's possible. See, and, and I'll admit, I don't know a lot about Madam Web from the comics. Um, there's a good chance that you know even an, a, a tiny bit more than I do for sure. Um, what are your thoughts on this trailer? Did, does this, did this trailer work for you? It, if you do know stuff about Madam Web, does this seem consistent with who the Madam Web character is? And um, are you are you excited for it? I honestly, I didn't even know this was coming. Okay, I seen the trailer scroll across my feed before you ever shared it uh, in the show notes with me, and I watched it. And when I first watched it, I was just like, "What is it? This isn't what." This isn't Madam the Madam Web I'm familiar with. No. What is going on? Who are these other ladies? Okay, now why are there a bunch of them? 
in spider suits. What? Who's this Spider-Man that's not Spider-Man? Because in the comics, isn't Madam Web like old as dirt? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I brought the wiki up and read it here before we got started real quick because <clears throat> that's who I'm familiar with. I'm familiar with old as sin Madam Web, uh, whose, whose name is Cassandra Web. Um, it's a and little yeah, on she, the nose. She's, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's Marvel Comics. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's the original Madam Web. Now, the Madam Web, the Matt, quote unquote, Madam Web we get in this is a character named Julia Carpenter, who uh, at some point um, when Cassandra Webb is dying, she passes on her gift of clairvoyancy to right. her. But prior to that, she's a, 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 a spider woman. And she was introduced back in, it says here, when I look at her wiki, but I can look at Julia Carpenter's wiki. She was introduced in the original Secret Wars in 84. In 84. Yeah. In and that's six. the Julia Carpenter so she, that I know is She was never. Yeah. She was Spider-Woman. Became Madam Web. Madam Web came back from the dead because the Spider-Man clone Ben Riley resurrected her. And I guess uh, Julia lost her clairvoyancy maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Which is clearly not the route they're going uh, sorry, I'm moving my mic. Clearly not the route they're going here. Like this Julia Carpenter does not have a past of being Spider-Woman. Yeah. And so here's here's my big thing. One, why? Why are we get why this? What is like because this is a Sony Pictures uh movie. Yep. Like what is Sony doing with this? Like, what is their plan here? I have no idea. Like you've got Spider-Man. You've got Tom Holland. Why are you wasting your time making Craven the Hunter, making Madam Web, making like make a Spider-Man film where Madam Web is a main plot point. Make a Spider-Man film where Craven is your primary villain. I mean, yeah. as interesting it is, it as it kind it on paper as it is to have the story of the villain from the villain side, like you know what I mean, like where the villain is your and protagonist for the film. Nope, I, 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 it, it, no, I don't think anybody really cares in reality. I no. mean. I don't really care that much to watch a Craven the Hunter film. I don't right. really care to watch a Madam Web film. I would, Even though it looks badass. Yeah. I, on paper, that's what I'm saying. Like, on paper, this seems great. But in reality, I want to see Spider-Man have to deal with Craven the Hunter. I want to see Spider-Man get pulled into Madam Web's webby world and <laughs> figure out have to solve the problems right well and especially if you look at the other projects that sony has lined up for this universe right like at some point next year we're supposed to be getting an el mierto movie and it's like uh, yeah so why in in, yeah. in my guess 
if I had to guess why Sony isn't doing a, a, a straight up Spidey movie outside of their Spider-Verse, their animated Spider-Verse films is because they are probably looking at what, I mean, you know, technically the Spider-Man films, even though they're, they're part of the MCU and they're also being made by Marvel studios, they are still Sony films as well. So an argument could be made that they have been making Spider-Man films, but why are they not just doing one on their own? And my guess is that a, they don't as as long as Tom Holland is still doing Spider-Man, they don't want to introduce a non-Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yes. And B, because Marvel, even though Marvel's been here, there, and everywhere quality-wise, although they've be, because they've been knocking the Spider-Man films kind of out of the park, they've been doing a really good job with the Spider-Man films is my guess is Sony is maybe looking at Marvel and saying, we don't want to really mess with that right now. <laughs> like we yeah. don't, we don't want to make a film that you know, yeah, changes that... the continuity or screws with the plan that Kevin <clears throat> Feige has or does whatever, because we're just going to end up shooting ourselves in the foot here. Yeah. And that makes some sense. Yeah. But, I think they're going to wait until Kevin Feige but, says, no, nope, that's it, we're done. There's a huge but there. But the last Spider-Man film introduced that there's Spider-Mans across the multiverse, and they're not the same For actor, sure. right? For sure. So you could easily bring back one of the previous Spider-Men and, and, and kind of ma marry that to your Venomverse somehow like, Oh, Hey, yeah, they, they are in the same universe somehow, or you could just introduce a new Spider-Man and it's an alternate universe from the Marvel cinematic universe. Right. Right. Like, which I, then begs I, the question is, is Toby and Andrew Spider-Man portrayals. Are those alternate universes caused by branch timelines? And that's, <laughs> and that's why everything's so different. <laughs> right. Like, uh, yeah, I, well, I think the the answer there has to be yes. Like, it has I don't to be think yes. there's any other way no, that that yeah. works. But yeah, like like you could yeah you can go back to Toby or Andrew and 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 f continue those. I, I just, yeah, it just I don't get this. What Sony's doing here, and it's not interesting. And I am no, I think I'm not what they, that interested. I think there, what they need to there do. There are some interest, like there are some legitimately very interesting action set pieces in this trailer, mm -hmm. but they do not. They don't do enough to make the trailer interesting as a whole. Right. What I want them to do, and and yes, they would have to do they would have to retcon like one line for sure. Um, but outside of that, I think it would be completely feasible. Uh, the line that they would have to retcon is that when, um, when Venom is sucked into the 616 MCU, he sees the image of Spider-Man on the TV as though that's the first time who's that yeah. that they've ever heard of or seen Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, like, which, oh, I, I've seen that guy before. Right. So as long that? as you yeah. retcon that, which that happens in a post-credit scene. And I think post-credit scenes, like if anything is retconnable, it's a post-credit scene. Yeah. Um, 
I there's there's no reason because they haven't there's been no crossover in the villains that they've done yet. There is no reason why the Spider-Verse, the Sony Venomverse could not be the Andrew Garfield verse. There's no reason that couldn't be the same. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I was saying, right? Like you could easily marry the Venom slash Morbius slash Craven. Like if that's all supposed to be one universe, you could easily marry that with Toby Maguire's, I would say. It would be harder to marry it with um, Oh, you can't do it with Toby Maguire. There's to- already been yeah, a, a Venom. Yeah. That that would be that would be yeah, next to impossible. But yeah. yeah. Andrew Garfield, you could do it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing I don't get about this trailer is like what what's up with these other four chicks that um Julia Carpenter is so interested in? Why are why are they there? And uh, then why do they apparently cuz they're the ones that end up in like the spider suits we see later? Yep. Like where are they get like seemingly this is an origin story. Yeah. Right? So these this this paramedic who doesn't starts the movie out without having powers and these other girls who start the show up with movie out without having powers seemingly all end up with very similar spider powers and then somehow end up getting some high tech spider suits and like I mean this show's got a lot of heavy lifting to go from point A to point B (laughs) to be fair that is also the way that they would do like they pull that shenanigans in the comics all the time but that's another great example of why stuff in the comics doesn't always translate word for word and and detail for detail onto the big screen because it works in the comics because because in the comics they run into a Tony Stark right. or, no, absolutely. or an Ant-Man or they run into somebody who does have the tech, who can mm-hmm. set them up, Yeah, right? Otherwise, it doesn't happen in the comics. But they, they can't do that here because there's no Tony Stark. There's no other. They're not throwing another super in here, super in here who can equip them the way the comics would do. At least that we've seen in the trailer. And uh, so, and that's the thing, right? This could be a really good movie with a really bad trailer, right? That's completely possible, right? This could be a great film and just a garbage trailer. And whoever put this trailer together should be demoted. But, um, but all that being said with, again, with the, with the real purpose of a trailer being to take your excitement level and bump it up. It sounds like for both of us, this trailer has not achieved. Yeah. <laughs> it did not hit its mark. Uh, moving on, talking about another trailer uh, and a series that you and I are, I think it's the next one in our hopper here is uh, what if season two, the first trailer for what if season two has dropped. Now we talked a couple weeks back about the, um, the episode plot details, right? We talked about the titles of the, episodes that were coming so we know a little bit about what season two is going to look like already um and i would say as like i had the the list up as i was watching this trailer i was kind of scanning through the list and i think that this trailer confirms that list 
pretty solidly. There's a lot of things in here where I'm going, okay, yep, so that would be that, and that this is that storyline, and this is them talking about that, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I'm not a massive animated person. I never have been. Um, you know, you'll go on all the time. Carl will go on about, oh, the, the, you know, the animated DC stuff. And I get it. Like, I understand that the animated DC stuff is widely considered to be some of not only the best DC stuff that's out there, but some of the best animated stuff that's out there. Right. Yeah. Like, it, the, they've just like been hitting comic the mark. book stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it just doesn't interest me. Right. Like for whatever reason, it just doesn't, you know, if I'm going to watch something animated, I either want to watch a classic thing from when I grew up or maybe the new Pixar film or, you know, if they do a cloudy with a chance of meatballs three, like that's kind of the neighborhood that I live in for animated stuff. Now, so saying that season one of what if I thought was fine. I thought some episodes were more interesting than other episodes. Ultimately, um, you know, it, it it doesn't crack my top 10 favorite Marvel products. Like, it just, you know, it's just not my thing. Um, and I would say that my reaction to the season two trailer is very similar, right? Like, it, it, yeah, this looks fine. This looks great, right? It, it, it actually dawned on me while watching this trailer that there's a possibility that What If could be the series that actually makes sense of... Oh yeah, the multiverse in the MCU. For I had the, us, right? I had like, the exact same thought. There's so Especially much, especially the way the Watcher kind of like, yeah, narrates this trailer. Yeah, the Watcher could could like literally one line of exposition from the Watcher could clear everything up. Yeah, and make everything make sense. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think the, I think the trailer looks fine. Um, it, you know, but sure i guess <laughs> like it, it's it's just not you know it's kind of one of those one none of these stories unless they somehow and this would be wild this would be wild and i think it would be a really poor decision on marvel's part and and having said that i think it's i think it's exactly the type of decision that modern day marvel would make because I was about to say that none of these episodes really matter or mean anything because they're all happening in other universes and it's just kind of like fun little <clears throat> offshoots. Yeah. But at the end of season one, and then it looks like, you know, we get a couple of shots confirming that in this trailer as well. They kind of took those universes and took those characters from those universes and kind of mashed them together and, and made a thing out of it, right? Because it was that by the end of season one there was a little bit more throughput in the story it was less of a um week by week and became a little more serialized Mm -hmm. what if (laughs) what if they somehow tie what's happening in because it seems like a pretty big story that's going on within what if like it's it's a universe threatening Ultron's yeah. out there. He's doing his thing. What if? And I'm just going to keep saying what if. Um, <laughs> what if that, what's happening in this show somehow rears its ugly face in Secret Wars? Mm. Yeah. I think it'd be stupid because, again, that is 
taking the audience that is going to see the, what would it be at that point? The sixth Avengers film. And like your biggest, your biggest melting pot films. There are MCU fans that only go see the Avenger films and don't care about the other stuff, right? Like those are your biggest widespread reaching films. It would be taking that and making the assumption or, or having what if added as a prerequisite for the Avengers. And that would be completely boneheaded and, and moronic to do, but it is exactly the type of thing that Marvel seems to be in the business now of saying, well, you haven't seen everything else, so this 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 is not and for you. This is not going to make any sense. And it's not like they haven't done that already because oh, exactly. WandaVision to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? It, it All of a sudden, it was completely a requirement. Um so yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, uh, great. I'm excited to. And you know what? Maybe when you and I sit down and we review this week to week, maybe uh, my opinion will be changed. Maybe I'll go. Yeah. This is this is incredible. Um, but as of right now, I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, it's something that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, Carl, I'm, what are your thoughts I'm on really, this trailer? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. I the what if comics were some of the comics I regularly bought. Cause I didn't like the, the month to month serial stories. I didn't One, I lived in the country, so I couldn't always reliably get, get them reach um, civilization. Yeah. You know, being a kid without a mode of transportation that takes me there reliably and not wanting to bike that far. Um, or my parents probably wouldn't let me when I was that young TV. But anyway, so I liked like the short, um, serial uh, series issues that are like four to eight issues and the story's done. It's easy to kind of get all of them. And I like the what ifs because the what ifs were like one issue standalone. And within that, what if it's just like one, one of these episodes essentially, right. Where it's, it's telling, telling the story about like, what if Loki got Mjolnir instead of Thor kind of thing. Right. And oh man, like I really like them. So I last the first season of What If I really enjoyed. I liked the way they kind of married all the kind of episodes together a little bit with kind of having the multiverse Avengers and taking out the the Mega Ultron with the Infinity Gauntlet. I thought that was right. really really cool. And this just like yeah, even if they didn't kind of do that overarching storyline, I would be all in for this. Just because right. you can tell essentially whatever story you want, and it doesn't matter, right? Has no it bearing. Doesn't affect whatever else is happening, and it's it, you can just go nuts. Like one of the couple of the shots in this are like, what if the Avengers decided to play? Let's make cars with guns and go race, <laughs> right? Like. What if metal, what was the name of that? Not metal gear, um, twisted metal, the twisted metal video game, which was a great, pretty decent TV show they made for Amazon prime. I think it was Amazon prime, but anyway, like what if the Avengers were in the twisted metal universe This is essentially what that looks like. And it's like, Oh, that's so cool. Yes. I would love to see that 30 minutes of that. Yes, please. (laughs) So, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Cool. All right. Moving on. 
to a big one. Not the big one, but a big one. And, and there the should actors- be a, like a, a warning here, potential spoilers. If you haven't watched Loki. No, not not for this not for this topic. What wait, hang on. Oh no, right, that's after this one. Sorry, jump yeah, the gun. That's My that's bad. the that's the big one. That that's a that's one of the big that's ones. That's one of the big ones. Uh no, the actor strike is over. Yay! It's done. We're back to work. It's happening. It's it's exciting. It's amazing. I'm so freaking happy that finally boneheads have shook hands and made nice with other boneheads. Oh, it makes me happy. So, but what, 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 who won? Who won and who lost? And, and how did all these agreements, because both both won and we lost. (laughs) And no, wow. So both sides, both the actors and the studios both had, as we were talking about, I think last week or the week before, they both had unreasonable requests, right? Both of them. What they were after was both stupid, right? So what the actors' union wanted was th- their their sticking point was residuals, right? And they were after now that we're in the the world, the land of streaming. They wanted residuals on every single subscriber, every person who who clicked on and watched an episode of whatever, binging it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. They wanted residuals in perpetuity for every subscriber that 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 a streaming platform had. And 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 also wanted residuals on those subscribers, whether or not they watched the project that that actor was in, because the assumption was, while well, it's at their fingertips, they can watch it whenever they want, right? And so that's what they wanted, and that was ridiculous, and that was never going to happen. What the studios wanted was the studios wanted to be able to pay the actors a small one-time fee for scanning an actor's likeness, and then to retain the right to be able to use that actor's likeness in any project, anywhere, at any time without the actor's consent. Which I thought the whole residuals thing was was boneheaded, was about as dumb of an ask that you could ask for until, until the studios asked for this and then there was a new reigning champion for the most ass backwards stupid whoever whoever asked for this should be fired kind of thing like i was just never even like (laughs) like it's so dumb like i can't even i can't even so how did both of those sticking points shape out in the end well residuals which have been around in the industry for a very long time right? Actors would perform in a television show, and every time that show would air on TV in a rerun, the actor would get paid residuals for it. Now, those residuals, it's a whole complex, was a whole complex system of um, how those payouts worked, and each time it, it the show aired, 
the actors made a little less and a little less and a little less. And you can hear actors talking about like, oh yeah, you know, we got a check last week from the, from whatever show I was in, in the nineties. And the check was for like 87 cents. Right. Because it became less and less and less and less. Right. Residuals are done. Residuals are gone. There are the residuals are now a thing of the past. Does not exist. Now we have a essentially a bonus system. And so the way that it's going to work is let's say that you're in a project for Netflix, right? Or your project goes to Netflix. If within a certain window, within the first couple months, first month, whatever it is, your project earns X many, it's a certain percentage of the existing subscribers to that platform or new subscribers signing up to watch that or, you know, whatever it is, um, then you will get a bonus. Then you will get additional money back for your project. So basically now, what was residuals is a bonus system based on how successful your project is, right? If you're in a project that is super lame and nobody cares about and and not enough people end up watching within a certain release window, then you just don't get that bonus because you your project didn't bring enough value to the streaming platform so why would the streaming flat platform then turn around and give you an additional kickback for <clears throat> for your project that you know didn't bring enough value to the streaming platform does that make sense yep it does the ai thing this is this was the big one the ai thing and and this is this sounds pretty good. I mean, the the way that the industry works is every three years they have to get together and rehash these things out. And normally, everyone's pretty much in agreement, and it doesn't result in a strike. Um, so all of these details are going to get rehashed out in three years anyways. So maybe this AI thing will change. Maybe they'll discover that, oh, this didn't work out the way we thought it was going to work out. But basically, the way that the AI thing is going to work is that um, an, a studio can scan the actor. So let's say, let's say Morgan Freeman appears in a film. The studio has the right to scan the actor and use that scan as long as the work that they're doing with that scan is for post-production on the film that that scan was taken for and no other additional unrelated projects, right? So it so can only it, be used for whatever the, the, the film the scan was taken for. Yeah, so basically... In any future film, they have to do a rescan and yeah, repay. And, and, and within that film, they can do whatever they want without the actor's consent, right? So, so which is normal... In, well, in you know, yeah. like if you're an actor in something, you don't get to choose what you say, you don't get to choose what you wear, you don't get to choose well, what your hair looks like. 
there's also a bigger thing here. Like they can choose to like, okay, we're going to scan you, uh, go home. We'll call you to do some voiceover work later for a live action film. Um, but no, but, but the act, yeah, this is what no, I'm hearing, because, but the actor still gets paid the full price for yeah. as if they acted in it. No, no. So that no, because it? that, That's no, because hearing? that, that would be production. This is simply post-production. So oh, okay. this, this is, so you know, if, oh, instead in of this doing scene, reshoots, they could just use the, a, the scan. In this scene, we decided that we weren't happy with, um, you know, uh, Morgan Freeman's character stands up when he stands up a couple seconds earlier than we wanted him to. Well, they can digitize Morgan Freeman to make him stand up a couple seconds later and then blend that in with with the actual performance that Morgan Freeman gave. Does that make sense? Or or we needed Morgan Freeman to say yeah. this at this moment and he didn't. Or Morgan Freeman had, uh, he blinked and we'd rather him just, you know, actually win the staring contest or it, whatever it is. Um, so they're able to go in. They can change the clothes you're wearing. They can, um, you know, Morgan Freeman turned his head right and we were hoping that he w- would just keep looking straight forward. Well, they can go in and make it so that you didn't turn your head. Hmm. Right. Um, but they right. can't they can't say, hey, we want you to be in this project, but we don't actually physically want you in the project. We just want you to voice it afterwards because that would be production. Um, this is just post-production. This is to alter someone's performance after the performance <laughs> the actor still has, has already been act. given. <laughs> yeah. Now I heard someone talking about this online. And we haven't actually seen the agreements, right? Like these are these are summaries that we've been given. And I heard someone online voice a really interesting concern. And that was that there seems to be some gray area here in that what is what if anything is preventing someone like Steven Spielberg. I'm not saying this is just a name. I'm not saying Steven Spielberg would do this. But what if, if anything, (laughs) is preventing Steven Spielberg from taking scans of whoever, de-aging them the way that Hollywood's been doing and and getting better at, unless you're Disney, unless (laughs) you're Star Wars for some reason. Um... And saying, you know what, I'm for the for the 40th anniversary, I'm going to we're going to re-release a director's cut of um, of Jaws. And we're going to go in and, you know, there was this one scene that I didn't. You know, I, I wish this character had showed up in this scene and the character didn't. And so uh, I'm going to stick them in the background now. We're going to de-age them. We're going to add in a scene that wasn't there in the first place. Right? For 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 essentially for people to start George Lucasing all of their projects. Because you know, if George Lucas still had control over Star Wars, this new agreement would usher in a new updated remastered (laughs) re-release of star wars yeah hands down it would 
right? All of a sudden, you would see Boba Fett t- take off his helmet at some point. Does wait? This agreement wouldn't work in. Oh, what's the the legal perpetuity? Is perpetuity the back when it t- works backwards? No, that's forward in uh, retrospect. Retro, um, yeah, yeah. I I, I, I can't and imagine I don't know. it works backwards. And I don't know. That's one of those things, right? We don't have. We don't have the actual documents, the signed agreements in front of us. And so there's a lot of those little caveats. There's a lot of those little, you know, addendments, amendments, addendments that, that we don't know. And so that's why I'm saying it's quite possible that in three years... <laughs> there may be some like, oh, okay, hang on a second. So-and-so has been exploiting a loophole here. And so we're going to fight back again. It may, it may result in it. Like this is, this is entirely new territory, right? And so every time, every three years in the past, for the most part, when this stuff is negotiated, the industry looks pretty similar to the way it did before. We're just kind of like, yeah, are you still happy with this? Yeah, we're still happy with this. Hey, we want a little bit more. Okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Here you go, right? And so it doesn't result in a strike. These, both of these, both the the new residual system and the AI agreement are brand new agreements. Brand new, vastly looking different <clears throat> agreements. And so it's quite possible, I think, that in another three years we'll see another strike because these agreements just haven't had the years of details getting ironed out that the previous ones did. So right. I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Carl, <clears throat> sorry, I got like a frog in my throat today. Um, who, do you, uh, who do you think won? Yeah, I mean, you already kind of jokingly said, although maybe it wasn't a joke, that <laughs> they both won and we lost. Um, oh, we what, lost. <laughs> oh, we absolutely lost. Um, but what are your what are your thoughts here? Do do you see any issues with either of these agreements, or does this seem like sort of the logical outcome for these sticking points? I mean, I guess this seems logical. I don't know. Um, and then, like, the, at the end of the day, they're both the act the the actor side of things they're going to be making more money right and the studios aren't going to be making less like it sounds like they're going to be making less but they're not because they're just going to pass no. that buck on to us yep. which is why we lose and they both yep. win <laughs> yep. like the studio isn't going to be making more money but they got what they some of what they wanted which is going to kind of help them save money which and then yeah. whatever costs them money from the increase in paying actors, they're just gonna yeah your your Netflix subscriptions gonna go up again, and yep. the movie ticket prices are gonna go up again, and yeah we lost yeah, yep. <laughs> we lost yeah son of a gun what do you think about the AI thing though yeah I think that's cool I don't know I mean yeah yeah we'll see what happens with it see what see how they work it and. What happens with it? Yeah, because yeah. that's I just you, you know what I mean though. Like I don't want I don't want a re-release of of Batman Returns where Michelle Pfeiffer all of a sudden has 
a new scene that she wasn't in before. And it's not just like they released a previously <laughs> they, deleted scene. They, they like they, made a they, new scene. They like CGI uh, get rid of the bat nipples. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, some changes are good changes, but okay, <laughs> moving on. And yes, if you have not seen Loki season two, we're going to talk about some spoilers here. Um, but also Loki season two has been out for like two weeks now. And so uh, I, my assumption is if you have, if you were wanting to see it and you care about spoilers, you've probably already seen it. So the, there's your warning. Um, it seemed pretty cut and dry. So uh, you had pointed out and then I had watched afterwards that, yeah, Tom Hiddleston sort of at the end of Loki season two had done an interview saying that, you know, this is not only the conclusion of Loki season two, it's the conclusion of Loki. It's the conclusion of 14 years of my life and eight films and 12 episodes and so on and so forth. Um, and he said that it's not, it's not shocking that at some point I would be moving on. Um, even with the MCU continuing on around me. So that seemed pretty cut and dry. And then when you took that statement and you placed it against the backdrop of the end of Loki season two, it kind of made sense, right? It kind of made sense that like maybe Tom Hiddleston's done playing Loki. Like presumably he, he, he's kind of stuck in that chair, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, he, he's not able to go and reunite with Thor and hang out and get all buddy-buddy and, you know, and whatever. Now, we theorized that, hey, maybe um, maybe Secret War will, like, when all of the timelines then become one cohesive timeline again, then that would presumably eliminate Loki's position, right? And and then he's kind of released and he's free to go again. But it seemed pretty cut and dry that Tom Hiddleston was done. He was saying he was done. Um, and, and, you know, there you go. Well, Loki then, Loki, Tom Hiddleston, <laughs> then went on and did another view, interview where people were asking him, um whether or not he was ever going to return, right? Will you ever play the character again? And they brought up the fact that the producers had been hinting at wanting to reunite Loki with Thor at some point. And Tom Hiddleston said this, it's so hard because I'll be completely honest with you. I have at least twice in my life said goodbye. I've written to Kevin Feige and have been like, Thank you so much. It's been the role of a lifetime. They've written notes back saying, come and see us anytime. You're always a part of the family. We're always here. You've given us so much and tears have been shared. So I think I'd be unwise at this point to be conclusive about any of it. And that's really interesting because, Mm. yeah, there's been at least two times in Tom Hiddleston's career where either the characters died or this is ha- like I'm certain that when Tom Hiddleston received the script 
for Infinity War, where Loki gets his neck snapped and is dead. At that point, there was no, like, he hadn't received the message, or maybe they hadn't even gotten that far, probably hadn't gotten that far well, in, in yeah. the planning process about Loki, the show. Yeah, and so Loki, that was, if, that if was goodbye. Was, yeah, if the show was in existence somewhere it was on a post-it note on kevin feige's wall amid yeah. thousands of other post-it notes of potential thing directions to go yeah and so so tom hiddleston saying he said goodbye twice already and then they've found a way or you know whatever happens and the mcu comes knocking and so what would there so I think that would be the second one. The first one must have been when it was like the end of if the first Avengers film, probably when he was captured, probably where he's captured because at that point he had done Thor and then he'd done Avengers and Dark and at World. the end, yeah, and at the end of Avengers, he's just going and being put in prison, presumably yeah. for all of existence because they're as guardians. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that would have been the first time because the, the end of the second one makes it very clear that he's not dead, right? That he's on the throne. He's hiding out, pretending to be Odin. So that's not a goodbye. Um, and nor is the end of Ragnarok. So yeah, I, that, that would, that would be probably the first time. Um, so he's, he's basically just saying, look, I haven't gotten a call. Yeah. I haven't gotten a call. There's nothing in the pipeline for me that I know of. And this seems pretty cut and dry as Loki's finale. Um, he's He has also said that he will play. He's one of the actors that has said, I will continue to play this role as long as they'll let me do it. Yeah. And I, so <laughs> at, if they come knocking, and and I see a lot of good reasons, a lot of justifiable excuses to have him show up in Secret Wars. A lot of justifiable excuses, given his new position, right? As God of stories. No, just Loki God, remember? <laughs> Loki God, yeah. Uh, so, or God Loki, rather. <laughs> I think he'll return, but I also think that he is, you know, in his, in that statement that he gave about, you know, this is the conclusion, this is whatever. I heard, I was watching someone online and they put it this way, and I think this is, I think this is fantastic fantastically accurate um i think i think he believes it i don't think he's lying yeah right Mm. but but also when for for him right now he's literally in the same position he was at the end of right but when george lucas said that the last crusade was going to be the last indiana jones indiana jones film i think george lucas believed it yeah. Right. Right. So it's it, yep. it's kind of one of those anything can happen. And yes, this is Tom Hiddleston saying goodbye, but it's also the third time he's done so. So maybe. And I think we'll see him again. Full stop. I mm-hmm. think we'll see him again. What are your thoughts on these statements, Carl? Do you think we're going to see Loki again? Do you think that's it? He's done. It's time to move on. What are your thoughts? I would be happy if we never seen Loki in the current MCU, Tom Hiddleston Loki. Like if they do something to reboot the MCU, which I am for, like just kind of like a a side rabbit hole tangent here. Like I think that the MCU should reboot at this point. 
and I am for it. And I think they should do it akin to the way comics usually do it uh, in some kind of grand event that kind of resets everything. And well, it sounds char- like that's going to be secret. The Wars. characters kind of change. Sometimes the origins change slightly. Sometimes characters from the from from the previous kind of before the reset make their way into the new continuity, like Miles Morales, um, right? So I think I think like with uh, Secret War being a slated film, I hope to God that that's what secret war is. I hope that that ends with a reset to the MCU and we start kind of fresh. I would be so for that. Like fresh with like in the sense that like all new actors or just, okay. New actors, new, like can be same characters like, or, or, or just like do away with those characters. And like, for those that didn't listen to the Loki season, there was a point in Loki where I thought this could have been the moment they reset the entire MCU and they didn't. And like, I kind of had a mini pitch slash dream about like how they could have done it. And where like, imagine your films, the beginning of your film is the end of the first Avengers film. And mm. you see the aliens attacking New York right at the beginning of the film. And then you go in for that circle around your hero's shot. And so instead of circling around Captain America and Thor and Iron Man and Hawkeye and Black Widow, you're circling around the X-Men. Right? Right. That would be such that I would be totally down for that. Anyway. Loki. I, can they bring which, back? I, I think which they they're never going to do, by the way. No, but I think never, that that's be, never going to happen. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, the, they could bring Loki back. I think the one of the the breakdown channel I watch on YouTube, it's called Screen Crush for anyone that's interested. It's kind of this kooky little setup they got where it's like a dude in a video rental shop breaking down videos and movies and TV shows. And anyway, um, they kind of did a a thing where like, they were like, this is how we think they could bring Loki back. And not only that, but kind of the can't deal with the whole Kang story too. And it was really cool. And the kind of the synopsis of that is, is that Loki, uh, the Loki season two is all about like that Ouroboros loop things looping back on themselves. Yeah. The end is the beginning. Destruction is creation. Um, uh, The only reason we know about this book is because I wrote this book in the past kind of thing, but I don't remember writing the book in the past or whatever, but only write, write. Yeah. Anyway. So they kind of talk about how like, this isn't the end of that story. Their, their, their theory is like, this isn't the end of the story. Eventually the Kangs will come for Loki and Thor will somehow be in there. And then Thor and Loki will fight the Kangs and that will be part of this big, a big Kang war. And somehow through that, uh, he who remains will end up back on the throne, which will end up bringing Loki back. And so I don't know. I don't know how, yeah, they're essentially just kind of continuing that loop, which I don't know how you, at some point you can't keep that loop narratively for 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 MCU story stories. Like you you can't tell new stories if you're constantly telling the same story. So, 
yeah, I don't know how you'd break that loop, but it was a pretty interesting video. I think they might've gotten into that. I don't remember it very well. I kind of was busy doing something while I was listening to it, but it sounded intriguing. So I, I mean, it's possible to, to write a way for Loki to return, but it's such a nice ending. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I uh, either way, either yeah. way I'm, I'm fine, but, uh, but I personally think he'll probably return. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Uh, big news. I mean, really heart melting, soul crushing news. Uh, it turns out that the, the John Cena, Wiley Coyote versus Acme movie that none of us knew existed or was yeah. coming has been canceled. <laughs> oh, go figure. Like, okay, but like, literally, I said the news came up that it had been canceled, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. This was a thing? Jo- now. Uh, joins the ever-growing dumpster of canned Looney Tunes films. Well, so here's the thing, right? So they came out and they said that it was being canceled. Let me pull up the link here. Um, it said, with the relaunch of Warner Brother Pictures Animation in June, the studio has shifted its global strategy to focus on theatrical releases. With this new direction, we have made the difficult decision not to move forward with Coyote versus Acme. We have tremendous respect for the filmmakers, cast, and crew, and are grateful for their contributions to the film. Um, That was a spokesperson for the studio. And everyone went, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Like, literally, the, the say what? Cried out across the nation. Now, then, a couple of days later, some news started to come out. Some statements started to come out from people who had people within the industry who had been to a test screening of this movie. People like Lord and Miller, like big names, like big directors and and re- well respected people within in the industry, and all of them who had seen this film said. This movie's incredible. Not only is it the best Looney Tunes film that's ever been made, which would be, I guess, this is the fourth, right? We had Space Jam, Looney Tunes back in action, the what were they thinking, Space Jam 2, and and then this. Um, they said, I feel not like there's on- another one in there, but yeah. Okay. Maybe. There's, there's only said, a handful. Not only is it the best Looney Tunes film ever made, but it just is... Like, it's laugh out loud, make you cry, tug on your emotions. Like, this is a phenomenal film. And so word started to get out that all the people who had seen it loved it. Thought, this is fantastic. And so Warner Brothers has pulled a little bit of a U-turn. Yeah, They're still not going to release it. They're not going to stick it in theaters. They're not going to drop it on on. Uh, HBO Max but what they've said or I guess it's just called Max now um, what they've said is that it is basically now for sale they are going to kind of you know shop it out to whoever whatever you know uh, hey Apple 
You want to put this on Apple Plus? You know, you want to, maybe there's a little bit of work that needs to be done on it still. Maybe there's, you know, whatever. Hey, Netflix, you want this? You can have it. You can buy it off of us. This, this can be yours, right? So it sounds like it may still come. Even though we never knew it was coming in the first place. And right. it sounds like if it does come, it, that could be a really great thing. <laughs> like it, it yeah. could be, it could be the Wiley Coyote movie that we never well, knew we needed. I mean, it's like Wiley Coyote. If, if you are talking about, it's like they don't what? Oh, uh, sorry. I, I didn't want to. I was gonna say something, then you were gonna say something. Uh, oh, it's like yeah. the Warner Brothers doesn't trust its its IP to. To at least make I mean, maybe not maybe not like sell out at the box office, but even just do well in general. I mean, Looney because Tunes are, I think, akin to the Muppets right now, right? <laughs> in that both properties, any anything that's come out from both of those properties in the last however long, have felt very. Hey, hey! Just wanted to remind you that we're still a thing. We're we're still a thing. Remember. Remember us? Remember Looney Tunes? Yeah. You remember? Right. Like, it. it's not. But they're always, like, Looney Tunes back in action didn't do great at the box office. No, but I like it. But it I was still so really fun. It's so fun. Right? Like, Steve Space Martin Jam, is the villain. Space and... Jam crushed it. Mm-hmm. And then back in action didn't do as well, which... Were you aware that there was going to be a skate jam? Uh, with Tony Hawk, yes. Yeah. I didn't realize this till like uh, a week or two ago when I was watching Hot Ones and they had Tony Hawk on. Yeah, and that's where he, I saw it He too. was talking about it. And I was like, what? We missed out on a skate jam with Tony? Are you kidding? And apparently it's because back in action didn't do well that they just yeah. canned skate jam. But then yeah. like I just Googled like, other canceled Looney Tunes. Apparently they were going to do like a spy jam with Jackie Chan, uh, a golf jam with Tony Hawk. Um, Yeah. So like there's a few other listed in here. Um, It seems weird. You mean Tiger Woods, not Tony uh, Hawk. Tony Hawk. Maybe a little, but like they would have been fun. I think they would like, they would have been better than doing Space Jam 2 with LeBron James. With LeBron James. And then taking like you're, the, in, like, very early on being like, hey, at some point in this film, early on in the film, all of the all of the Looney Tunes are going to be CGI versions of themselves instead of the Looney Tunes that you know and love. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's, boneheaded. It, so, like, oh, man. Like, the Space Jam thing was was really cool and then the back in action was really cool because it's like what if they they, you know they are part of our world now kind of creating this uh looney tunes verse essentially like yeah like an alternate reality of our world where they actually exist and interact with us kind of like the muppets and for me that works and that would be a lot of fun to see but like this for me the space jam 2 is a horrible idea because you're going back to the same trough of food, the same well, you're going back to the same well, but that well's already recapture lightning. You, 
Yeah, you already you already emptied that well. It's dried up. Go to the next well. Go to Skate Jam. Do something with you can use the same formula, but do something a little change it up. Do something different. Right. When was Spy Jam supposed to happen? I don't know. I I, I just have this. There's this uh, YouTube video I've got. Brought well, I'm just I'm reading the, the only reason I'm wondering. 1996. Okay, so. Spy Jam was planned as a American live action animated slash or a live action slash animated action adventure spy comedy with Jackie Chan. Here's the thing. And there's even a poster. I think that Jackie Chan is a weird pick if you're doing Spy Jam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's 1996. You're doing Spy Jam, you get Pierce Brosnan. You oh, get I see James what you're Bond. The, the actor's the wrong pick. Yeah, yeah, I think he's the wrong pick for Spy Jam. Yeah. The uh, right. Yeah. There's also another one in here called Race Jam, which I'm not sure what uh, in this video where to go. Race Jam. Who are they? Oh, it's like NASCAR or something. With uh, what's his name? Jeff Gordon. Uh, yeah, one of the one of the ju- yeah one of the racers. It's definitely NASCAR. Yeah, NASCAR guy, but yeah, like that's that seems so cool to me, way cooler than Space Jam Two ever sounded. And let's yeah, it, it yeah. just feels like Warner Brothers doesn't trust their like iconic IP to at least make them some money. Yeah, right. Like it's not yeah. it's not going to win any awards. It's not going to sell out a theater and be number one at the box office, but it's going to be good enough that that it's going to make money and people will enjoy it. And and you know what? I think at the end of the day like even if it feels like what you were saying it's just like um huh eh, remember remember we have this IP it, it's I think it's enough that you're you're promoting your cartoon that you can do like even though Saturday morning cartoons are kind of dead, you can do like a Saturday morning cartoon and people will be in now kind of interested in look watching this cartoon again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. No, I, so I hope, I hope this happens. I hope someone picks it up and decides to release it because it sounds yeah. like, uh, it sounds like there's a better chance of that happening than the Batgirl movie <laughs> at this point <laughs> in the category of shelved Warner brothers projects. What? So this this one's featuring John Cena. So is this like was this supposed to be called Slam Jam and it was like wrestling? <laughs> no, it was called it's called uh, yeah, right. And no, it's called uh, Wiley Coyote versus Acme. Oh. So, right. Okay, yeah. there's yeah, I've got the article up and it's right in the title, right? Which why the I Wiley would, Coyote um segment of Looney Tunes was always one of the better segments, right? Wiley Coyote's my up. favorite character. You're you're yeah. well aware that I have uh, of it, that it is because I have that Wiley Coyote mug from tattoo back on your butt. And, yeah. And, yeah, and the tattoo. <laughs> I have that old KFC mug. I think they were from KFC anyway. Man. I don't know. Yeah, Wiley yeah, Coyote is the best. Back when places gave out good things. Yeah. All right. Well, Moving on to our final topic, and this is the big one. And I'm not going to talk about spoilers because I, we already – spoilers are Loki season two. We've already – if you're still listening, it, you're on your own. <laughs> one of the big problems with the MCU that you and I have talked about is 
is the direction that they've taken with Kang. Right? Kang was first promised to us as the new big baddie. Right? The person who was supposed to be our new Thanos. Right? And we are now several projects into seeing Jonathan Majors as Kang. And I want and I want to premise all this by saying Jonathan Majors, every time we've seen him on screen as Kang, has crushed it. He's done a great job Absolutely. in that role. <clears throat> but Marvel's really dropped the ball with Kang. They have really dropped the ball. Yeah, with whether Kang. Jonathan Majors is in hot water in real life or not, the Kang storyline so far has been hot. It's uh, just a mess. It's not not even lukewarm. It's cold. I would say and, the reception to it is cold, despite the phenomenal acting by Jonathan Majors. The only reason why anyone at this point would think, oh, Kang's really a threat in the MCU is because we've been told that he's a threat. Yeah. He doesn't feel like a threat. No. Right? We have seen three Kangs now across four different iterations, four different projects. No, right? Not in, not, we're not including the... The Council of Kangs at the end the, of That's Ant-Man. stupid football stadium full of, yeah, so stupid. Um, we had Loki Season 1, Loki Season 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Am I missing one? No. Nope. Three Kangs, three projects. Now. Well, two of those Kangs are kind of the same. Maybe. The so Loki we don't know. Ones. Right? We don't know. We don't even know. And that's the thing, is we don't even know. We don't know if King... We don't know if he who remains is Victor Timely. We don't know. And I don't think we'll ever get the answer to that. Um, And then King the Conqueror, who was taken out by an ant in one film. <laughs> yeah. So... The conqueror he turned out to be. It just <laughs> kind of seems like they've missed the mark in... I'm not even going to say in their portrayal or their iteration of Kang, but just in like we were, you know, we're counting down now to Kang Dynasty and I'm not scared of Kang. I was scared of Thanos. The second Thanos shows up on screen, you're like, oh, crap. Do it myself. Yeah. Puts on the gauntlet. It's like, oh, crap. He's got the gauntlet. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even, How many even stones if, does he have? Even at that point, even if you didn't know what the gauntlet was, he had this like foreboding presence to yeah. him. So, yeah. and then he, and then you you see him kind of talking to um, Ronan the Accuser in uh, the first Guardians. Guardians movie, and he's like, Ronan the Accuser is your big, mean, scary bad dude for that film. And, and he's Thanos' bitch. Uh, and yeah, exactly. Right. Which makes makes you fear Thanos even more. Like they yeah. really did a great job at building Thanos up to be a big, scary dude. So a couple of interesting things have come out this week. First of all, uh, and we've been talking about this book a little bit now. I need to get my hands on this book. The MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios, right? Which was the book that we talked about. It had the Wanda stuff in it about whether or not Wanda was actually dead or not. Like it, these guys that wrote this book are the official 
insiders, right? And they have the best connections outside of Marvel to Marvel at this right. point. Yeah. They're not official Marvel people that wrote it, but they've got they got the they got of all the people to have the inside scoop, they're the scoopiest. They're the scoopiest. They got the biggest um, scoop. And so in a podcast recently, one of the co-writers of the book said that Jeff Loveness, who was the writer working on uh was it the writer? Hang on. Ooh, hang on. Hang on. Yes, was the writer working on um on Avengers King Dynasty. He says Jeff Loveness is no longer working on Avengers 5. Or she says, sorry, that Jeff Loveness is no longer working on Avengers 5. I heard from someone recently, the screenwriter Jeff Loveness, who wrote Quantumania, was supposed to write King Dynasty. Anyways, it's confirmed that they are no longer working on the project. They also said that he uh, has had it confirmed to them it is no longer working for Marvel. I asked the person why, and they said the reason why is because he was all wrapped up in the Kang storyline, and they are likely going to be moving away from that. And we also found out a couple days later that the director who is attached to Kang Dynasty is no longer on Kang Dynasty. Marvel Studios will now search for another filmmaker to take charge of the ambitious MCU event movie, and it sounds like whoever does take the gig is going to be very busy for the next few years. According to Jeff, Schne Jeff Snyder, Kevin Feige ideally wants the same director for both Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret War, which is essentially going to now be a two-parter. Snyder says also that a title change may be imminent. It now seems unclear, or it now seems clear that Marvel will take steps to veer away from the planned Kang storyline, either replacing Jonathan Majors as the villain or ditching the character altogether to shift focus to uh, a new multiverse saga big bad. Now, there's a couple of things to talk about here. Number one, if you are going to ditch the Kang storyline, now is the time to do it for two reasons. One, your clock is ticking, right? You're running out of time unless you're going to delay everything by five years. Number two, whether it was intentional or unintentional, just a happy coincidence or there was some last minute pivoting. You know, we heard that there was all kinds of reshoots happening on Loki season two. We didn't know what that meant. We didn't know if it was a result of the Jonathan Majors thing. But what if the decision to move away from the Kang storyline is now six, eight months old? And a part of those reshoots was deciding to put Loki in that chair and to have that establishing scene where now one of the primary mandates of the TVA is to just keep an eye out for and deal with Kangs as they pop yeah. up. Keep, keep Kang in check. Keep him from growing to become any kind of real threat. 
Yeah. Right? We see Mobius go, oh, yeah, I got another file here. There was a Kang popped up. He's all taken care of. No big deal. Yeah, they dealt with it himself, themselves. Yeah. And so you now have, whether it was intentional or unintentional, Loki, the end of Loki season two has given you an out. It is completely reasonable moving forward that Kang is not an issue because of the restructuring of the TVA. It's possible. So, and and I hope, like, some people are going to say, ooh, this, ooh, if Marvel does this, it shows a sign of weakness, it shows a sign of poor planning, it shows a sign of what, whatever, screw you. <laughs> this shows that Marvel under, that Marvel is smart enough to pivot and realize that what they're doing is not working out and that they're going to right this ship as opposed to just being strong-headed and going, nah, screw yeah. all you guys, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and to hell yeah. with you we hit one iceberg and there's 10 more on the way but that's the course we've set so we're gonna yep. run into all 10 of them right no 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 let's okay there's more coming let's let's actually turn the ship away from danger <laughs> so i i think this is very Mitigate possible damage <laughs> i think it's very possible that they're moving away from the gang storyline i think that um and I mean, there have been, here's the thing, there have been um, conflicting announcements as well, right? Um, someone came out, where is it here? Um, um, someone came out and said, why did I... They said that they are still, despite recent rumors, to the contrary, it seems Marvel Studios is still planning to forge ahead with its big Kang-focused arc, but the character might be recast. Um, according to insider Daniel Reichman, the studio is still committed to the Kang storyline, but there may be a chance Majors will be recast. They will almost certainly wait for the outcome of his trial to make any kind of official announcement, but even if the actor is found innocent, innocent they may still cast because damage done. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, You know... Yeah, yeah well, the rumor out there... One of the big rumors out there, anyway, it, uh, surrounding the Kang storyline kind of not moving forward is that Doom, Dr. Doom, will kind of take the new helm of... Well, and that was the other that. thing that, yeah, that I wanted to yeah. bring up was that I think that, it, it, yeah, if you are going to get a new big baddie in there, now's yeah. the time to bring in doom yeah. you, you pivot a little bit on your fantastic four storyline yeah Do doom fits with kind of the direction of the mcu with the upcoming secret war and fantastic four and stuff but also to me doom is a far more nuanced and interesting character than kang yes like kang kang can can be and is a scary villain in the comics but like as we've seen with Loki, <laughs> he can also be very complex and complicated character to tell a story for because he's he's kind of 
everywhere all at once throughout time in the universe. Like, you know, like he's, he's, he's a, this time manipulating guru guy. Like he's comes back as, as different people, different versions of himself and, and different ages and things like that. Kind of the way we've seen a bit in Kang, uh, or sorry, in, in, um, Ant-Man and in, um, Loki. So mm. that's, that can be interesting, but it's complicated. Um, where, where Dr. Doom is just, you know, he's, there's a lot of nuance there and there's, it's, it's interesting. He's an interesting character because even though he has villain tendencies, a lot of what he does in the, this is comic books, Doom. A lot of what he does is for the protection of his country, like his country of Latveria in the comics, it, comics is like one of the most prosperous and healthy, like people who live in Latveria love it. It's a great place to live. You don't have to worry about anything. You get like, it's, a, it's an amazing country to live in because of the way doom rules over it. Um, and then there's also the ask. So that that's kind of an interesting part of the, the character of doom. And then also, like one of the reason doom is so fanatic in his grasp for power in the comics is he's doing it to save his mother <laughs> who is, who was a, like a witch who is now, uh, subs who's dead and now, now in hell under Mephisto's iron grasp, uh, who's Mephisto's a version of the devil, essentially for those who don't know who Mephisto is. And, in the comics, Doom has made a deal with Mephisto that he'll he fights him once a year, and if ever Doom wins, Mephisto has to release his mother. Right, and Doom always gets his butt kicked because Mephisto's like this is is, is an uh, all all powerful being almost, but that's why he's got this in the comics. He's so his being of who he is is so wrapped up in magic and tech and just brilliance of, and in, in his mind and thinking and strategy. And so he, he's, he's a way more compelling character in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it, he'd be the, the best direction to go. It's, it's who they should have went with in, in the first place, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and there's lots of there's lots of things they could do. They could do the Parliament of Doom storyline. They could do, you know, like it's it's Secret Wars, and it's you know, no matter what Doom story they do, they're going to have to, like, it's still going to have to be multi multiverse centric, right? Because we are still at the end of the day dealing with the multiverse until they wrap that yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, they they've already kind of made that bed, and we have to sleep in it. We don't have a choice. Yeah. So I, I hope this happens. I hope they, even if it, even if it doesn't end up being doom, even if it's someone else, um, I hope they ditch the Kang storyline. It's got nothing to do with Jonathan majors. It's got nothing to do with Jonathan majors performance. Like I said, I, I think he's knocked it out of the park every time we've seen him on screen. Um, I just think it, like it has 100% to do with the fact that I'm just not, they haven't succeeded in getting me interested in Kang. Um, or, or feeling like he's a big threat. Uh, and, and I hate that we've now, uh, 
killed off two of them and prevented one of them from even really becoming Kang by going back and not giving him the book, right? Like, it, it's just this, for being this the new Thanos, he's so easily, like, what is scary about him? Just that there's so many? Because... <laughs> Because yeah. they individually, they seem pretty easy to, to deal with. Pretty easy. He who remains the one at the end of time was just stabbed. Stabbed yeah. him. That's it. Just stab him. Yeah. Right? So and I don't know. We had a backup plan. You know, Loki just had to like, okay, I'm I'm not going to res- choose to resurrect you. I'm going to essentially take your place. <laughs> yeah. So, right? So if if you have people like Sylvie and and Ant-Man taking out Kangs. What happens when you get Kang on screen with Shang-Chi and Captain Marvel and all these people, right? Well, like To be fair in that comparison, Sylvie's much more impressive because she's still the god of... She's still, sure. ...tricks and uh, uh, Asgardian and all that, but... Sure. Yeah, it's, it's still a, like... He, he went out in a punk way, even though it was just... It was Sylvie who did it. Yeah. A low so. variant. Anyways, yeah. I hope it happens. I let's let's move forward. Let's correct this ship. Let's make things make a little more sense. You know, maybe they Palpatine snoke it. Right? Maybe Doom was pulling the Kang strings all along. Maybe I I don't know. Right? There's lots of different things you could do to try to make sense of all this. Um, but I certainly certainly hope they do it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the news. That's all. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all listed below. Uh, We have a Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show and get things in return like exclusive content, uh, increased voting power, and so on. And, uh, well, and just, you know, the satisfaction that you're doing a good thing and helping the show continue. And we have merchandise. Do we have Christmas merch? Um... No, I don't. I don't see any. Or we should. We should have like limited time Christmas merch. Stock. Get your movie man stocking. Yeah, that would be. I cool. wouldn't even use that. So I don't know who. Well, you I mean maybe there's some fanboy or girl out there that really likes your sweet sultry voice and would uh, listen. Because the to thing it. about a stocking is it's hard to. You'd have Take to. You have to offer multiple sizes, right? Because everyone has a stocking size preference. Really. Yeah. I don't know. Right. Like some people are like, whoa, that stocking's not big enough for all the things I want. And other people are much more reserved and going, well, no, that's obnoxious. I want just like a nice little cute, like just give me, <laughs> give me a bar of soap and some, some Slim Jims and I'm, and I'm good to go. Right. I don't know. Uh, 